0: Colossians chapter 1, it's, uh, uh, I've said it so long that yesterday I was looking, uh, this morning I was looking into the computer that Barry uh, puts up there, and I'd been misquoting the version that I'd been telling y'all, I'd already, I'd cut some stuff out where, you know, and I, I don't know if it's been going up there or not, uh, this is, yeah, but anyway in the message translation, yeah. Yeah, I've been I've cut out that angel business, but everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, and rank after rank after rank of angels. I believe the King James says dominions and principalities and uh, everything got started in him, the Lord Jesus, and finds its purpose in him. Everything. Let's say it together. He is everything. He's everything. Don't ever get your ball, your eye off the ball. Don't get your eye off the prize, whatever you want to say it. Because you, no matter what trouble you got, he's already the answer. Do you all know that? He is the answer. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't be, I don't have time to read the word because I'm, I'm busy looking for the answer. Well, you know that's wrong. Praise God. When I was growing up, my mother—I've told y'all this before—and I love my mother dearly, but and and she wouldn't like it if I was telling this on her. But I'm going to tell it anyway, and then and then I'll aggravate her by telling her I told on her. But she uh she said what what we've all said before. She would say, uh, uh, "Do as I say, not as I do." Y'all have heard that. The reason that she said that is because she always said, never put your mouth on the milk carton. It was cartons back then. Never. You always put it in the glass. We don't want to drink after you and all that sort of stuff. Well, one time I came around the corner, and my sweetheart mother had her half gallon lifted high in the air, and her sweet lips were around it, and she was chugging and just devastated her that I caught her. Because it was a cardinal rule. It was, a, you know, that sort of thing. So then after that popped up, do as I say, not as I do. Well, you know, that's hypocrisy. That's We don't like that. We don't like people. We don't like politicians. We don't like anybody telling us uh, live at a standard that I'm not willing to live at. The Word says, uh, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So that's what we're called to do. But I want to tell you this morning that... This is important you get this. God has not asked you and I to do anything that he's not already willing to do himself. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, if you would. Matthew chapter 7. Now, you think that's strange to say that, that that's obvious. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of doctrine, a lot of doctrine that's based on uh, God telling us to do things that he's not willing to do, that he's not doing that you can't really trust God to do it, but yet he tells us in his word that we're supposed to do it. It says in Matthew 7, let's let's, uh, read verse 12 together. In the King James, it says, ready, read, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So the word says, even by the mouth of the Lord Jesus, that we should do unto others as we want them to do unto us. And I'm telling you, God's not a hypocrite. We don't like hypocrites. We don't like people that that say one thing and do another. And God's not a hypocrite. I want to talk to you this morning about the promise keeper. My God is a promise keeper. He keeps his word. And if you'll know this, if you'll believe this, if you'll live by this, for whatever else you don't know, that when you find where God says anything to you and you can attach his word to you and believe it, you'll never fail. You'll never have a serious trouble with the devil. You'll never have a problem in life if you believe God's word because God's word has already solved everything you'll ever encounter, everything that you could come up against. He's already put the answer in there, the whole Uh, the whole adjustment is in us to believe his word. So God is not a hypocrite. He does not live by a standard lower than his children are expected to live. Y'all say amen when you get it. He does not ask us to uh, not lie. Don't lie. Actually, it says in the word, God cannot lie in Titus 1-2. The Bible says in Hebrews 6-18, it is impossible for God to lie. The word tells us not to lie. It says in um, uh, um, it's, it says in, in there that we're not to lie. Where is that word? Well, it's in the Bible. <laughs> you don't read the Bible, it'll tell you. It's, it's in there. It don't lie. And if God tells us not to lie, amen, He doesn't lie. Did y'all get that little, that little, it's so obvious, it's so simple, you'd go, really, that's redundant to even say it, but lots of people don't believe God's word, but they believe they shouldn't lie. Uh, We're commanded to forgive. Are we commanded to forgive? Do y'all think God forgives? Well, he forgives other people, but when you and I do something really bad, there tends to be a residue. Maybe one day for you or two days for you where you won't be bold towards God after sinning, after messing up, after losing it. It's like, man, I'm not going to mess with him for a day or two because I don't want to throw something up there that he's going to knock down after what I just did or said or thought or didn't do. But the Bible says that he forgives us. So if we confess our sins... The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us. And that's the truth. I said, that's the truth. And your feelings are irrelevant. My feelings don't matter because the truth is the truth. We're commanded to live by faith. Does God live by faith? Look, if you look down on the human race and you like them, you're living by faith. (laughs) If you look at the church and you say, Aren't they great? You're living by faith. You're a God that's absolutely on the high side. We're commanded to walk in love. But lots of Christians don't think, don't act, don't regulate their life that God's walking in love. They think he's vengeful, wrathful, slow to forgive. Everything but walking in love. When love the Bible says that love hardly notices when others do it wrong. Well, probably God's love is not noticing when others do it wrong, and yet we are condemned all the time. I talking this morning about uh, preachers and, and churches and everything that uh, you can go to where you, you, you receive and almost are glad to be condemned in the service. People say, you know, if I hadn't had my toes stepped on, if I hadn't been whipped and told what a sorry old worm I am, then I don't feel like I've been to church. Well, you got a wrong set of values right there. You, you know, because we can line you up with cassette tapes and DVDs and keep you condemned all the time. But it won't change a thing, will it? It's not the answer. Look with me in John chapter 8. I'm telling you, God is the promise keeper. He is the promise keeper. We're gonna, we're gonna nail this down over the next however long it takes to nail it down, to go all the way around. We're gonna, I know you know it. But I know you and I know it. We know it in our head. We know it if you put it on a test and said, Joey, do you know this, that God's a promise keeper? Jacob, do you know it? Annette, do you know it? We'd all get 100 on that test. But it doesn't mean that we would practice it just because we know it. It says in uh, John chapter 8, isn't Jesus wonderful? Praise God. I'm just falling more and more love with him. That's not because he's getting better, but because my capacity to love him. He's just proved himself over and over to me. He just comes through when you just in your head, you're going, why would you come through for me after this and that and just what I've done and hadn't done and could have done better? I'm condemned, I'm just under it, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed, I'm guilty. All the feelings that come, you just say that. What God, why would you come through? And he just comes through. He just comes through anyway. Just comes through anyway. Hallelujah. It says in 844, the Lord Jesus himself says this. He says, ye are. Now, he's not talking to us. Context is, he's talking to the to the religious folks. He says, you religious folks... Um, "'Ye are of your father the devil, and the less the desires of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, abode not in the truth, did not live in the truth, because there is no truth in him.'" Say it with me. "'There is no truth in him.'" Come on, let's get our doctrine right. There is no truth in the devil. There is no truth in the devil. He cannot tell the truth. Why? Because there is no truth in him. He cannot tell the truth. If you ever hear from the devil, well, the devil told me this, then you know, you just know, he did not tell you the truth. Because a half-truth is a whole lie. And so if he told you a half-truth, he just put a good piece of meat out there so you would taste that as he put in the cyanide capsule and uh, and and poisoned you and and steal kill and destroy it says uh, he be, there's no truth in him when he speaketh a lie which would be all the time that he's speaking he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it so here let's get it straight we may not know exactly what God is all the time, feeling wise, but we know from Scripture that the devil has no truth in him. I uh, uh, had a pastor friend uh, tell me, uh, tell us the other night, uh, had them over, and he said, He said, you know, most Christians are not able to hear from God about which church to go to?' And it was an astounding statement. And that's preacher talk. You know, that's when we get together. That's what we talk about is like, what is that church over there? They're doing. They're teaching this and having that and doing this and, you know, uh, just crazy stuff that churches should not be involved in anyway. And it's like, and they're full and they're just happy to be there. And you just go, people don't, they don't know how to discern it. Aren't you glad that you have got wisdom and understanding from above to understand where to go to church? So um, the devil is, there's no truth in him, but yet we looked in Titus and it says God cannot lie. So the devil cannot do anything but lie, and God cannot lie. So they're completely different, completely on the other side. Well, let me just tell you, if, the, if, uh, if, if Allah is not true, if he's a lie, then his word, or so-called word, is a lie. The Quran is a lie. Now I know you can get whipped over that, and and uh, and all that. But we're not afraid, and we but we have no agenda to tell people. But we can't we can't agree with them. Well, your God and our God are the same, and because you mention Jesus as as a good man, as a prophet in your Bible, well then we we can get along. There's a there's a Catholic uh, priest in New York. That got scorched by the Pope the other day because he was having Quran readings in his church, reading long discussions of the Quran because he wanted to be ecumenical. He wanted to be inclusive with the with the Muslims in his area. I'm telling you there. The devil is a liar and there's no truth in him. So when he speaks in whatever medium he speaks to and through, it is a lie. And it is meant to dilute, to compromise, to dissipate the truth that is in us. So what we're doing is we're taking everything that comes into the filter of our, through, into our life and filtering it through the truth. If it can't get through the truth, we say it can't get into our lives. Steal, kill, and destroy is what it is. Well, turn with me to 2 Corinthians if you would. Hallelujah. We are commanded to forgive, therefore we know God forgives. He forgives the first time. If he tells you, "Forgive the first time," then he's forgiving the first time. You go with to God with your situation saying, "God, I messed up." And you know he already knows it. Would that be right? Yeah. Hallelujah. He already knows it, but you, 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 you're going to cleanse your own self. He knows it, but when you tell him, "I know you know this, but I'm agreeing with you that it is sin, that I did mess up. I'm agreeing. The Word says in 1 John uh, 1, 9 that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Doesn't just forgive us, but cleanses us from it. Well, that's what he does for us. He expects us to do that for others. He said to uh, forgive people. Let, let not the wrath, your wrath, the sun go down on your wrath. He tells us to, 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 to uh, agree with your adversary quickly, to, to get it out of the way. Well, how many of y'all know he's getting it out of the way quickly? He's not fuming and and, uh, uh, sitting on it and and working it out. Amen. I knew y'all would agree. 2 Corinthians 119. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's look at the word. It says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Let's read verse 20 together. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. So all the promises of God are yea. Now you go, well, that's obvious, but that's because you've been trained. You've been schooled. You've been been, uh, uh, immersed in the truth. But I'm telling you, if you don't, you'll believe the lie that sometimes when you pray... About the promises, God says yes, but sometimes He says no, and sometimes He says not now, not yet. Well, why pray if you're going to get an answer like that, and you don't, you can't get the end to the end of it? Why pray? Why ask God? Why why release your faith if 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 it could be not now, or if God doesn't answer, just like I'm not answering because it's not now. Well, you don't, you don't need to be a Christian. You don't need to have the Bible to, to, to get that far. We need to know what the truth is. So we look in the Word and we put our faith in the promises. Why? Because God's a promise keeper. Say it with me. God is a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. Now, not this morning, but we're going to go over some amazingly challenging scriptures that are so broad and so wide and so amazing that you can hardly, hardly, and with your mind not at all, but hardly believe that God would say them, that Jesus would promise them. Whatsoever things ye desire when you pray, believe you receive them and ye shall have them. But he's a promise keeper. Amen? Himself bear our own sins in his body on the tree that, we, having died to sin, should live into righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Sometimes, maybe someday, or all the time right now, he is an amazing God. He's a promise keeper, and he keeps his word. It says, it says in verse uh, uh, uh Ecclesiastes, let me just read this one because we won't go there. But look look what the word says. If God keeps his own word that he tells us, Ecclesiastes 5.5, 5, it says, Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. Now, that's God's wisdom that came down to us. Said, you know, if you can't keep your word, don't give your word. Is that what it says? Yeah. That's what it says. So so we could throw it back to God who told us, don't make a promise. Don't make a vow. Certainly don't swear. Don't get behind words that you might not can keep. It's worse to to, to do that than just to keep your counsel, just to not say anything. So we could go back to God and say, don't tell me by his stripes I was healed. If you can't keep your word, that's pretty bold for a little human guy here that's just like created and has nothing and can't do anything on his own. To go back to God and say, don't tell me that Jesus became poor, that I through his poverty might be made rich if you can't back it up. If you can't stand on it. Don't tell me give, and it shall be given to me. Don't tell me that, unless you can back it up. And you know what the Lord's saying. Just prove me now in this, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour ye out a blessing, that you shall not be able to contain it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He said, I didn't back it up. The, you go, well, then, Lord, what's the deal? He said, you got to believe that I believe. Listen to me, the Lord's saying to us: You must believe that I believe in me. It takes a big gun to uh, brag, but they say you're not bragging if you can back it up. It's boasting. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, off cuffed to say something that you're not sure you can back up. And God said, "I'll say it," and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. I'll say it over here, I'll say it over there, and then I'll say it over here. I so mean it. I so want you to test it. I so want you to jump out there and take a chance on me backing up my word. Wow. Y'all, he's just got a big dare out there saying, I double dog dare you, God, to break your word and not do what you've said and not follow through and not... Back up what you printed, and it's the same everywhere. I double-dog dare you, God. We even say of this that a man is only as good as his word. If a man's word is, this is secular, if a man's word is no good, what do we say? The man is no good. Isn't that what we say? We don't say, you know, he doesn't have much money. We don't say that he's that he's short, or we say a man is only as good as his word, and a good man keeps his word. That's the measure of a man, a person. And so would we say less of God? You're a good God, but you don't keep your word worth a fiddle faddle. You don't, you don't, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It's just, we don't know why, but religion in the wholesale realm, that's what they believe. They wouldn't write it out. They wouldn't say, Here's our doctrine, but that's how they live. They say, You can't trust God. And that's why at funerals they'll say, God needed a rose for his garden. That's why they'll say that junk. Say, That's junk. That's junk. God, that, God never said, I need roses for my garden, so I, I caused that death or I caused that, that person to die early. I, I took them, it was my timing. And it's so mysterious and it's so uh, unknown why that person passed that I want you to trust me and just say God works in mysterious ways and he, he has a reason for taking people early or for whatever. No, it was the devil. It was the devil. It is always the devil. Or ignorance. Ignorance. Which just lets the devil. It's never God's will. He said in Psalm 91, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Well, now, God, which way is it? Did you pluck a rose for your garden or do you satisfy us with long life? Which one is it? Oh, the rose thing's not in your word. You never said it. You never implied it. You never gave us any scripture, any reference to believe that's true. Somebody just made it up to make the family feel good. So they lied against God so people would feel good. But you know, the people didn't feel any better. If they told, if they told them the truth, honey, your baby, your, your husband, your whatever died because the devil slipped in. You know, we say that a one-inch screen door in a submarine is going to send it to the bottom. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of ignorance, a little bit of pride, a little bit of of religion, and that screen door opens, and boom. And so the devil takes advantage of us. But we've got the promises. I said, we got the promises, and you may not want to trust the promises, but there is nothing else. There is nothing else. There is nothing as sure as the promises. Gravity will cease. The sun will not rise before the promises of God will not be true. I've come to preach his goodness this morning. I've come to tell of a God that wants somebody to believe his word and just walk on the water if it all ends, if he doesn't come through. I want to tell you, I've had te- I got testimonies in my own life of God coming through. And when he came through is when Debbie and I stepped out and said, Lord, it's your word or it's over. Either your word is true or we're sunk. You ever been there? You ever been in a place? I mean, not to have options, not to say, you know, if you don't come through, it's okay because we got other ways to go. We got some other things we can do. And so, you know, if you're not in the mood or if you're not really feeling toasty about me today, we can we can we can get another job or we can just pay that bill later we can we whatever but if you've ever been in the clutch where you go if your word's not true it's pretty much over in this realm he nails it he you know well god's not always on time sometimes he's a little late no we get to the end of our faith finally at the end finally we're kind of we're kind of passive about our faith in Samaria at the beginning because we got other options but when it narrows and comes down to the end where if god doesn't come through it's over then we get serious and then we say well you know god came through it was the last minute no it was you as of the last minute it's you that rose up and said oh god i repent of this and i forgive them and i i get my life right And then God, boom, he comes through, and we say, you know, God can't do it early. He's a word keeper. He's a promise keeper. And he just needs somebody, somebody to believe that he believes that. A promise is a declaration or assurance that somebody will do a particular thing or a particular thing will happen. You know that. A promise is... A declaration or assurance that something in the future will happen according to the words that you speak a promise is a is a is a prediction of a future event it's the promise of a performance is that right when you promise you you're promising somebody I promise this you're promising to perform. Or to cause it to be done. It uh, it's the words that we uh, use in the English in our culture is uh, we give our word. That's something we say. I give you my word. That's making a promise. I give you my word. Well, what does that mean? My word is the same as reality. That's what you're saying. I will. I will come to the end of myself performing this causing it to be done. My word is so important to me, it doesn't matter what it costs me. The word even talks about that we ought to keep our word to our own hurt. Even it's like, "Ah, oh, this is going to cost a lot more than I thought, but my word's out there, so I will pay to get my word out there." Another word we use is making a word of honor. On my honor, I give you my word. It, another word is to an extend an, an assurance. Uh the bank does that with a written contract. <laughs> I promise to pay. <laughs> um, it's making a pledge. It's declaring a vow. It's a guarantee. It's an oath. It's a bond. It's a, co- a covenant. And in the sense of God and good men, it's a covenant with no provision for failure. In other words, we don't say, I will be there But if I'm not, it'll be Wednesday. I can't make it, you know. No, a a, a promise is unconditional. It just says, it will happen. If you make a condition for it to fail, it's something else. It's an appointment. It's a schedule. It's a provision. But a promise says there's no provision for failure. Are y'all with me? It will happen. I will put my life and everything that's in me, my means, my energy, my... Everything about me, I am putting myself in the place of this promise to perform it, and there is no provision for failure. Now, that's rare for a man to do that, and they talk about in the old days that when a man extended his hand and said, I'm good for it, I will do it, consider it done, you have my word, this is my honor, that there was no provision for failure. Now, you could go back and renegotiate a contract. One time, John Avanzini came to a church in Odessa, and he preached up about giving and everything and asked us to sign vows. And I signed a vow for $300 that I would give to his ministry. Well, it didn't go well for me. And I, we just we ran into a—it wasn't God's will for me to do that. But my word was out there. It didn't matter if it was God's will or not. It was like, ah, oh, this isn't God. I'm, But I had to write him and ask him to release me from my word. Wrote him a letter saying, please, would you consider releasing me? And if you don't, I will pay. And he wrote me back and said, I release you. That's the only way you can get out of it. Well, God doesn't have anything in here about this. He's making the vow, the oath, the promise saying, I am only as good as my word. So if my word's no good, I'm no good, but my word is good, and therefore you can say of me, I am good. Now, what do you think of a God that's not good? Oh, we we think God's good, but if you don't think his word is good, is it true that you think God is good? Or have we given him an allowance, given him some room, some wiggle? You know, God, if I want this and I need this, and your word says that you'll give it to me, But if it's not handy for you, Lord, if it's too hard for you or if it's going to inconvenience somebody else or if it's going to be, you know, if you just can't work it out, Lord, I release you. That's not faith, is it? When we when we go into covenant with marriage, it's pretty tight. It's pretty. It's it's uh, till death do us part and richer and poor and sickness and health. We we give that promise with no condition or no provision for failure. And we have to go through a divorce if you go if you say those things in order to nullify that. You can't just walk away and say, you know, yeah I don't feel the same way about this as I did. And when you do that, it's it's pretty what we call in our family, it's pretty skunky. It's pretty it's pretty sorry just to walk away. Would you all agree with me there, just to say, I'm just gonna run off with somebody else and not even show up? Uh Colossians three nine says Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Lie not to one another. How could we lie to one another if we are born again and the truth, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, if the truth is in us? Well, it's because our our heads, do you all know about your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, has to be renewed, doesn't it? It has not quite come into agreement with truth it has a prior life of of lying and deceiving and exaggerating and and shiftiness <laughs> you know you know people that are shifty or we call them slick they they say they told you the truth but when you get home you go that's 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 not true it, so we have that in, all of us have that in us it's survival skill in the world it's a survival skill you know we don't trust the truth so we 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 have a certain amount of scheming and strategizing in us that comes out in more beautiful forms, but it's still that. And we have to train our head. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. I'm under my my hands on the Bible. I promise, I promise to tell the truth my, my whole life. So we got to renew our minds to the truth, or it'll become easy to say God needed a rose for His garden, or God knew best what my cousin Lim needed or had in his life, and so at twenty-nine years old he took him in a boating accident or a hunting accident or a, or disease came at an early age and left a widow and three little kids and a mortgage and all that and. And you just go on. You have to. You have to be very creative to let God off of that hook, to let, let to say it was good that God did that, allowed that, or was passive about that. You 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 have to be creative, and preachers are pretty creative when they're trying to uh, comfort a family. But it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a used car. Well, don't. want to, disparage anybody, but it's, it's just not the truth. It's not the truth. I said, it's not the truth. And we, it's hard to handle the truth. And you're a people here that have said, we want the truth. (laughs) And, and it's like that mixer setting. You got to start out easy with people. You can't tell everybody the whole truth, but you can't tell them a lie until you can get to the truth. I mean, I, I don't mean you can't tell them the whole truth, but sometimes, yeah, line upon line, that's it right there. Precept upon, here a little, there a little. You have to grow people into it. The Bible says in Second Corinthians 5, verse 17, that we're in Christ. It says, "If therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. If any man be in Christ... The truth works. The promise works for everybody that's in Christ. Let me tell you, it's not based on performance. When we hesitate to go back to God, boldly to the throne of grace, we're, we hesitate because we, we feel a little backslid or we feel a little uh, remiss. You know, God, I hadn't been in the Word in a week. Well, really, actually, three weeks. Well, actually, a long time, Lord, and I hadn't prayed, and, you know, I, we get these feelings. Do you all know about these feelings I'm talking about? Or do you know somebody that's had those feelings? And so, we don't come boldly to the throne of grace. Then then we feel like, this is just feelings, that performance is required in order to get God to keep His Word. So we might not pray for somebody. Oh, would you pray for me? <sighs> this isn't a good time for me to pray for you. Because, you know, I've been a little backslid. Well, you wouldn't say that. You would just say, I'm busy right now. But but call Brother Doodad. Call my pastor. He can pray for you. But you know, the promises of God are worked for anybody that's what? In Christ. If any man is in Christ, God keeps the promises. I said God keeps his word. Whether you've been feeling toasty or feeling a little rough, top of the world, his word is not according to what you and I have been doing or feeling. That's a good place for an amen right there. He keeps his word when we don't keep our word. The Bible says he is faithful when we are faithless. He's a good God. And what makes him good is because he keeps his word. He's a promise keeper. And so, you and I got to get us out of the equation. A lot of times when we need him most to keep his promises is when we've been doing the worst. Things might fall apart when you're not Snug up with God. You're not tight with God. Things might slip in, and that's when we need to be able to pray the prayer of faith and be able to get in with God. God, you said in your word, right? Ah. So God is totally look, look, this is the truth. This is the truth. Every day he gets up. I mean, if God gets up, he neither slumbers nor sleeps, but for this, we're going to say when he gets up, when he meets your day. His whole agenda is not the people in the Philippines, not the people in Mongolia, not all those people that are worshiping false gods, if they are, that are, his focus is on his family, thinking, what can I do to get success, to get answers, to get, to get them ahead, to get them, how can I get the victory to my children? Now, he considers the whole world his children, in the sense of what Jesus did, but Really, the promises only work for those that have had said yes to Jesus. Would you all agree? If it was based on need, he wouldn't be in America, the biggest. There's needy countries out there. I was looking at a video on the uh on uh, on the church computer this uh, morning, and uh something that Eric had put in there about uh a motorcycle ride through India, this city in India. And, yeah, buddy, there was some need there. You could tell this is a third world. This is a... And you go, God, you need to be there. But that's not where he's at. He's where faith is at. He's not where need is, unless faith is with the need. Y'all, without faith, we read it this morning, without faith, it's impossible to please him. It doesn't say without need. So he could help a lot of countries and certainly a lot of people, but you got to get born again. Well, I'm born again. Are you? And God says, "I'm keeping my word. I will not let my word fail." He's in. This is my last time. My last scripture it says in Second Peter one four. I want you to turn to that one because it's a little it's a little uh, complicated. Second Peter one four. If he promised it, it is his will. I got y'all flipping pages when I said that, but that's major. If it's a promise, it is his will. If he said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover, it is his will to lay hands on the sick. If he said, give and it will be given to you, it is his will for you and I to give. If he said, Jesus became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich, it is his will for you to be rich. You can, you can dice it and splice it a hundred ways, and religion has, but it's the truth. It says in 2 Peter 1, 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Let's read that together. Whereby are given unto me exceeding Great and precious promises. We're just going to stop there for a second. You've got something exceeding great from heaven's perspective. And exceeding precious. It's called the promises. It's not a million dollars. Now, I'm telling you, million dollars is pretty good. I hear it. And my imagination's able to get around a big end of that to do some marvelous things. But it never says in the word that a million dollars is exceeding great or precious. It says the promises are. That by these, what makes them exceeding great and precious? That by these, the promises, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption or destruction is the word, that is in the world through less. Listen, if we take this scripture and believe it and say, okay, what is the value of my life? What am I here for? what What is the purpose? Am I supposed to keep the house clean? Am I supposed to, to run the errands? Am I supposed to bring home $100 a day? What is the purpose of my life? Because we're all facing life every day. The Bible says that Your life is composed of exceeding great and precious promises, that you ought to know them so that you can believe them so God can do them. He wants to make a testimony of your life. Well, how can you do that, Lord? If you'll believe the promises, the promises will come to pass, and you will have an exceeding good life that others want. Are you handsome? Are you beautiful? Are you oratorical? Are you skilled and gifted? Maybe not that much. But if you, can, if you can take the promises and believe them, Amen. you're going to be famous. For him, you'll be famous. Every situation will wear out in front of you. Nothing will last outlast you if you'll, if you'll put your word on the promise. Well, I'm believing God for a, a job at Walmart. You know, he never said that was a promise. He never said, great are those that can work at Walmart. But he did say he would supply all your need. So it might not be Walmart. And I would say to that, hallelujah. I'm not the Walmart guy. I like wide aisles and a quiet store. (laughs) So you may say, well, I want that boy to be my husband. Or I want this. If you can't get it in the promise, then you have to get it. The only way to get that is if he brings you a personal word he he gives you unction and says believe me for that car or he told us one time it's time for you to believe me for a car and so that was a promise to us and so we got on it we and and he told us when we moved to Tus- tuscaloosa uh uh i want you to be in a new house and it's like lord we're not we don't have to have a new house i want you in a new house and so he put us over there at Hillcrest Meadows in a, in a house that the builder had uh, couldn't sell for two years, and he was hurting, and he there's a long story behind that, but God knows. God knows the truth, He knows the best. And so if, it, if you can't get a promise, just leave it alone and get over on the promise. I'm excited about this. Your, your fame, your worth, your value. Your consequence in the world. Lord, I want to make a difference. It'll all be based upon what you and I do with the promises. I am choosing now to have no choice about my believing. The option to not believe a promise, I'm taking it off my table. Do what you will, but I'm taking the option, even though some of the promises are so So big and so grand, you cannot say, God, you know, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. So I'm going to start with other stuff. By his stripes, ye were healed. I'm choosing to have no option not to believe. Well, Lord, I can live with this, but I need the pain to go. Or I can live with this, Lord, but I need a little help. I'm saying, Lord, you said it. This is a big step for me. And I, you know, I'm the faith guy, but everybody is moving along line upon line. And I'm, I'm taking steps to believe his word. Would you go there with me? Would you take an advance? Whatever level it is just to say, you know, I've been a little loose about that particular promise. And I've been given the Lord, not really, I've been given me some latitude not to believe, not to press, not to grow not to, to, to wrap my life around the promises. I'm going to read this to you one more time, and I'm going to quit. It says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises we might be partakers of the divine nature, the divine nature, having escaped the corruption which is in the world through less. Now, I'm telling you as a Christian, really nothing else matters in your life except believe in the promises. My God is a promise keeper. Amen. Let's stand up together. Praise God. You've been so good to let me bring this word. But this, this, this word right now is, is hot. It's fresh right here together. So not out loud, but with words. Words are powerful. You will not do more than you're willing to confess in life. So under your own breath... We're going to make our personal confessions to go forward with the promises. If you're like me saying, you know, I could l- use a tune up, I could use a, an upgrade, I could use a, a promotion in my promise believing I'm going to do it this morning. So with me right now, uh, just, uh, just make a commitment to God saying, God, I'm going to embrace the word, the promises with the expectation that you keep your word. In Jesus' name, Lord, all over this house, we just commit to grow up, to get big, to lay hold of the Word of God as the most powerful and amazing thing that's ever come into the earth. In Jesus' name, we commit this even with our own promise, and we ask you to help us keep it. In Jesus' name, strengthen us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We resist the devil now. We resist the the habits of the past, the failures of the past, the things of, of, of our experience, and we say, doesn't matter. I'm stepping out and believing the word of God, and it will change my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo-hoo! It's a new day. It's a new day. Not because God said, I bring in a new day but because we choose to believe He's already brought us a new day. Amen. Amen. Is is there any sick among us? Do we need to pray for anybody this morning? Anybody got something going on? And we can pray for you. Amen. We're all good? All right. Say this with me. As Jesus is right now, so am I in this world. We are River Church. This house is on fire, and we are revival. Tell somebody as you go out how excited you are about the Lord Jesus.